continuing our series called He is Like. Uh, he is like. And so this is uh, going to be a great series. In fact, uh, we touched on last week uh, about clarity, bringing clarity to confusion. But today we're going to really step into the symbols and shadows that are spoken all through Scripture. How many of you guys have ever studied symbols and shadows? All right. Yeah, you guys are crazy nutty like me. That's good. So, so, uh, but symbols and shadows really point to Christ. They point to uh, the Holy Spirit, as you'll see today. And uh, we're going to talk, in fact, I've titled today, the dove and fire. And before we get into this, I would just want to, if you're a member, a regular tender, I want to invite you to be back here next weekend on the 19th. Uh, we've got a special announcement for our Awaken uh, Youth Center. And if you're new with us, uh, you don't know anything that I'm talking about, but we're building a youth center on 220 West Allegheny. So if you know where West Allegheny High School is, it's right across the way there. You'll see we have an Awaken sign there. But um, next week, I just wanted to share an update and I wanted to invite you into what's happening. And it's going to be an exciting moment where we get to share and I uh, wanted to let, let you know some things that are, that are happening and going on and, and uh, communicate some timelines and different things like that. So be here if you can. Uh, if you can't be here, be here anyway. We'd love to have you, but you can catch it online if you have to miss. We understand. But uh, it's important to, that we gather together, unite, and we stand together. And so we'd love to have you join us in prayer uh, as well. All right. Well, this series came out of, really, uh, we came out of Easter and uh, Jesus obviously rose from the dead. He appeared to uh, thousands and thousands of people. Then he ascended into heaven. Uh, but one of the things he told the disciples, and this is really the heart of the series, was in John 16. And he said, it's to your benefit that I go to the Father because I'm going to send you the Spirit. It's to your benefit. It's to my benefit. It's to every believer's benefit uh, that Jesus rose and ascended into heaven. He's not dead. He's alive. He's still ruling at the right hand of the Father. And they all have their parts and roles and are all doing magnificent work. Uh, but the Holy Spirit has a role. And Jesus made sure that we knew how important it is that we understand this relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. And he said, it's to your benefit. Uh, so we need to understand this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that's really what this whole series is about, is we want to really grow in our relationship, grow in our understanding, and make sure that we're opening our hearts and our lives and ears, eyes, everything. We're open to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying and what he's doing. So today I want to talk about how he is like a dove and how he is like a fire. Now, when I drove in today, there was a there was a goose that welcomed me, so uh, maybe it should have been, he's like a goose, but you won't find that in the Bible, so, uh, but he was, uh, anybody see the goose today? He was great, he was right in the middle of the driveway, I, you actually had to, uh, Abby got out and chased him, so it was great, and so, uh, but he is like a dove, and he's like a fire, and so with symbols, uh, you know, it's not every aspect, but whenever you see God talk about symbols or shadows, there's a specific attribute or something that he's talking about. So I don't know uh, if you have any, when I say dove, what that brings to mind. Uh, but in the scriptures, you'll see that it talks about uh, uh, like a dove in, in a lot of different ways. But really what he's doing, he's highlighting, he's elevating aspects of a dove that are like God. And so uh, today, that's what I want to really show and really uh, look at as we look at the, these two, sh uh, two symbols. Um, so like a dove, and, and it's fun, it's Mother's Day. I, I didn't know this about doves, but uh, doves, I didn't know if you knew this, they have a maternal instinct, uh, just like moms do. You know, they have mom radar. Uh, how many of you guys know what mom radar is? They just always know. Uh, well, a dove has maternal instincts as well. In fact, uh, a dove is one of the only birds that, uh, that creates their own milk, and they actually, uh, they're, uh, somehow they 
Uh, it's very important that the milk is pure, so they'll starve themselves to make sure that the milk is pure for their young. Uh, so I don't want to recommend that to our moms today. But in a lot of ways, you sacrifice in the same way as the dove does. You give so much of your time, your energy, as Jen said. You're always thinking about uh, your kids and your family more than yourself. And so, uh, again, we just want to say Happy Mother's Day. And uh, I wanted you to see that the doves, like you, uh, have this instinct. And there's something special about uh, this symbol of a dove. And that's what I want to dive in today. In fact, Genesis chapter 8 is the first time we see in the scripture now, uh, obviously God created everything and he created the dove, but this is the first time we see him mention uh, the dove, and this is when the flood happened. So if you guys remember, uh, the Lord flooded the earth, and uh, there was Noah and his family, and they were on a boat, and uh, they, for over for a year, they were on this boat. There was a, it was a year time frame from when it began to when they got off the boat, but before they got off, there was a situation where uh, they weren't sure if the land was dry, if the waters had had receded enough where the, the land was uh, available where they could get off the boat. So one of the things that happened is Noah sent out a dove. He sent out a raven as well, but today we're going to focus on a dove. He sent out the dove, and in Genesis chapter 8, verse 11, here's what it says. Then the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and Noah knew uh, that the waters had receded from the earth. And so uh, Noah sent out the dove, and the dove brought back a freshly plucked olive branch. Now, so now I don't know if you know this. What does an olive branch represent? Peace. So uh, many nations will do this. In fact, Israel does this. They extend, I'll extend my olive branch. What they're saying is I'm extending peace to you as a nation. I'm ex extending peace to you and whatever the situation. So uh, the, olive, the olive branch in this uh, situation with a dove represented peace to Noah. Noah knew that the, the water had receded enough to where the olive branches were exposed and, that, and there was fruit on the branch. So they knew that it was, the time was coming where they were getting ready to exit the boat. So in this instance, the dove represents peace. And in this instance, the dove represents, uh, I love that he let the dove go and the dove went and he brought some insight, he brought some understanding, he brought some clarity. Uh, but more than that, he brought back peace. He brought, actually brought back an olive branch which represented peace. And so this is so uh, exciting about the dove because this really is, uh, he is like a dove in this way. The Holy Spirit brings peace. The Holy Spirit brings insight. The Holy Spirit brings direction. And this is, uh, whenever we look at symbols and shadows, this is why we, uh, the scriptures say this. In fact, Mark 10, 16 says this. Behold, I send you out as sheep, Jesus speaking, in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So you look at the, uh, the wording there, uh, as harmless as doves. Listen, a dove is not a, uh, it's not like a lion, is it? They're not devouring you. I've never seen a dove just take somebody out. Uh, but when you see a dove, you think of, in fact, a lot of funerals, what do they do? They release, what do they release? Doves or pigeons. And, and a pigeon is a dove. In fact, in the Bible, it can be translated either dove or young pigeon. Uh, but they're released for what? They're released for comfort. They're released for peace. Uh, that's why you release them. Those are the, uh, that's the symbol of why they release doves. And here, Jesus is saying, look, I want you to be as harmless as a dove. I want you to uh, make sure when you're going out and giving the gospel that you're as harmless, you're as gentle, you're as kind as a dove. Uh, again, this is pointing to uh, the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. This is who he is. He is full of peace. He's full of direction. In fact, Jesus said the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you into all truth. Uh, just like the dove went out and got the leaf and brought it back, uh, in the same way, the Holy Spirit, he's there to guide you. He's there to direct you. He's there to bring peace into your life. Uh, you know, Jesus is known as the Prince of 
peace. And so uh, obviously this is an aspect of the Holy Spirit that we need to embrace, we need to receive, we need to open our hearts to. He brings peace into our lives. Uh, and so in Psalm 55, six through seven, I love this, speaking about the dove again. He says, so I said, oh, I wish that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. How many of you need that right now? You just need to fly. I just wish I could flap like a dove and fly away and get some rest. Uh, again, another uh, attribute or aspect of the Holy Spirit, he brings rest. He brings rest. He brings peace. He brings comfort. He brings all of these things into your life. Again, these are, uh, these are symbols or shadows, but they point to your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know every image or every symbol or every shadow breaks down at some point, but whenever the scripture begins to talk about these things, it's, it's elevating who the Holy Spirit is. It's not saying, look at a dove in every aspect and he, you know, the Holy Spirit is a dove. I mean, that would be freaky if the, the Holy Spirit was this bird flying around. But a lot of times that's, that's what we think. No, he's like a dove. He has attributes of, of gentleness, of kindness, of peace, of comfort. Uh, that's who the Holy Spirit is, and that's what the whole uh, point of, of the dove is. Uh, look at this in the gospel. In fact, I, I love this in the, in the Bible. Uh, they, in all four gospels, it records the baptism of Jesus, and uh, we're going to read every, uh, every one of those because there, there are four different people describing the same situation. And, and here's what it describes as far as uh, being like a dove. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 says this. It says, when he, John the ba- or J- Jesus, had been baptized, uh, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So we see the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus like a dove. We see that there's, there's gentleness, there's meekness, there's, there's a humility about uh, the Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus. I love also in Matthew chapter three, just as a side note, you see the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all active in this moment. You see, Jesus was a man like us. He also had to turn to the Holy Spirit on a regular basis, just like we did. But you see God also, you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in unity together in one moment. That's a beautiful picture of the Trinity, one of the best we have in the Bible outside of Genesis. Mark chapter one, verse 10, it says, immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon Jesus like a dove. Luke chapter three twenty two says, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And the voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. And then in John's gospel, he records, and John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. So isn't it interesting? All four gospels record the same instance, but they saw the Holy Spirit coming like a dove. It says in bodily form, remember this is a relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. And they're just describing what they saw. There's, it's kind of difficult to, dis- to, to describe God and describe the Holy Spirit. But they're doing their best to say, hey, look, I saw it like uh, just this, this peace. I saw this, this gentleness. I saw this dove. Uh, like a dove, the Holy Spirit came and rested upon Jesus. It was so beautiful. I heard the Father. I saw the Spirit. I saw the Son all together. And this is the relationship we have with God, with the Holy Spirit. It's one of peace. It's one of rest. How many of you guys need some rest today? You know, God, the Holy Spirit is the God of rest. They created on six days and they rested. There's, there's an aspect of rest, one that we need to take. That's another message if we talk about the Sabbath. We all need to take a Sabbath. But there's an aspect of rest only God can give. 
There's a rest from the Holy Spirit that he can give us that you can't receive anywhere else. There's a peace that the Holy Spirit can give you that you'll only find in God. You can't buy it in the world. You can't find it in the world. But that's the beautiful part about a relationship. He's like a dove in that way. He just brings peace. I don't know about you, but in Genesis, if I was Noah, I would have been so excited to see that dove and that olive branch. And I've heard it, see, I've heard it said this way, and I really, like, uh, I really like how it was written, and so I'm going to read it to you. It says, in Genesis, the dove showed God brought peace to man because he said, I'll never flood the earth again. The relationship with the Holy Spirit says now we have peace with God through our reconciliation in Christ. You see, like the dove, it's a symbol of peace. But the Holy Spirit is a relationship. He's a person. Just like he came upon Jesus, he came upon each one of us. Gentle and kind and good. And he brought peace into our lives. If you receive it. Isn't it interesting that we all can have the Holy Spirit and we can all not have peace? That's not because it's not God's heart. It's not because that's not who God is. It's about focusing. It's about choosing our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's about looking to him, trusting him, submitting yourself to him. Sometimes the world may look chaotic, but we can have a surety that the God of peace is in us. And even though what we see may be chaotic, we have peace. And so... He's like a dove in that way. Uh, you know, one fine, final symbol we see about a dove, which is interesting, is in the Old Testament, they sacrificed animals. They, uh, there was many types of sacrifices. Uh, of course, one, Jesus was known as the, uh, the sacrificial lamb. Okay, so he was the lamb that was, was Jesus literally a lamb? No, but in the Old Testament, they, that was one of the things you sacrificed was a pure lamb, a, a lamb without blemish. Uh, but... In the Old Testament also, uh, you know, your resources were measured by your herds and your flocks and all the different things. That was their kind of paycheck. We, it's a little bit different today. But in the Old Testament, if you couldn't give a lamb, maybe you just didn't have a lamb to give or you didn't have that kind of resource, uh, you could also give uh, a dove, a tur- two turtle doves or a young pigeon. Isn't that interesting that you could give a lamb, a sacrificial lamb, or you could sacrifice two turtle doves and a pigeon. Jesus is known as the sacrificial lamb and Holy Spirit is like a dove. Both showing a blessing, both showing sacrifice, both showing God loves you. And that there's something he's giving you that we all need. Look, we all need peace. We all need direction. Sometimes we're in the boat and the flood's all around and we don't know what's next. We need the Holy Spirit to give us guidance. Jesus said it at best. He's there to guide you into all truth. He's there to give you direction. It's to your benefit. It's to my benefit that we look to this relationship with the Holy Spirit and understand who he is. Do you think Jesus would have sent you something that you can't understand? Absolutely not. He sent you the Holy Spirit to bring you peace, to bring you comfort. In fact, that's what he calls him. He's a helper. He's your comforter. He's your helper. Whatever time you need, he's there for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's who Jesus was talking about, was the Holy Spirit. And he brings you great comfort. He brings you great peace, great insight, great direction. So he's like a dove in that way. 
Second is, he's like a fire. How many pyros do we have in here? How many guys like fires? You know? There's Mother's Day, and then there's Fire Day, Father's Day, right? There's big fires, grills going crazy. You know, I was out a couple weeks ago, and I, we had a big burn pile. I had to burn up some, a lot of stuff, and uh, so... Uh, we were burning all this, this wood and stuff we had laying around, and, uh, and it's pretty big. Th- those big fires are pretty amazing, aren't they? You, I mean, you light it up, and then, you know, they get going, and uh, the flame is, like, huge. It's undeniable that there's a fire. I mean, the presence is right there. Everyone can see the flames, the smoke. I mean, you could smoke up your whole neighborhood with one of these bonfires. And, and the heat, you know what I'm talking about, where it's so hot, I mean, I'm not talking about roasting marshmallow fires, you know, where you could just get over there and roast that thing. I'm like, it's too hot. You couldn't do it. It was one of those fires. And so, uh, you know, the presence, you could sense it, you could feel it, you could smell it, you could hear it. You know, we live out in the woods, so, you know, when a fire is going, it's crackling, and, and you hear it just crackling throughout all the woods. So even if you're miles away, you may not see the fire. You may not even, uh, you know, be able to see the flames, but you can hear the crack, crack, pop, pop, pop. You know, someone's having a fire. You know, like a fire, the Holy Spirit is, his presence is known. You know, when you're, when you're burning a fire, the, especially those that can see it, you can see the fire, you can feel the fire, you can smell the fire, uh, everything about the presence of a fire is knowable. It's understandable. It's, it's palpable. Same is true with the presence of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's one of the most uh, probably popular stories in the Bible about uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit and the, and the presence of fire is found in Exodus. Uh, this is when Moses walked up on a bush. I don't know if you, I don't want to assume everyone's ever read this, but Moses walked up to a bush and it was on fire. Well, it was like a fire. That's the way he described it. It was kind of hard to describe, but this is the story. He walks up on the bush, and you'll find this in Exodus chapter 3. It says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed with fire. Then Moses said, "I, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the, from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. You see, one of the greatest attributes of fire is the presence of fire. And the Holy Spirit's like a fire in that way that he's present in all of our lives. And that presence is powerful. When Moses saw the bush and he saw that it was like a fire but not burning. One of the greatest things I see in this story, and I don't want to pass it up, is he wasn't sure. He didn't understand. And it was, it, it was strange because it was like a fire but not a fire. And so he turned away. And what happened? God spoke to him. God spoke to Moses, and Moses spoke to God. God said, Moses, Moses, and then Moses said, here I am. One of the greatest things about the presence of the Holy Spirit is you can talk to him. It's a relationship. Yet one of the greatest confusions we have in our faith is, can I hear God? Yes. This is why Jesus, this is why he said, it's to your benefit that I send the Holy Spirit. Because he's going to live inside of you. Like the burning bush, the presence of God is in you. You can talk to God and he'll talk to you. That presence is knowable. You can sense it. You can feel it. 
You can understand it. You can hear it. So like a fire, the Holy Spirit, his presence is in you. Here, here's another one, Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. John the Baptist speaking, he says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he, Jesus, who is coming after me, mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Again, that presence. The Holy Spirit comes, that, that presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, that fire that understanding, that, that relationship, the conversations, the direction, the guidance. Now, fire has many qualities. One of the, the, one of the main ones is presence. Romans 5.5 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit has been given to us. The love of God has been poured into our hearts. It's, it's like a fire, Paul described it as, it's like a fire inside me that I can't contain. It's not really a fire inside me, but it's like a fire. You ever seen one of those forest fires, one of those crazy California wildfires that you can't contain? Paul says, it's like that. The presence of God in my life is like that. The love of God, the peace of God. So he's like a fire in the sense of the presence of a fire. What about the power of a fire? Pa fires are powerful, aren't they? It's crazy what a fire can do. It takes, I mean, I told you I made this fire. I had this big, all this wood, all kinds of wood, treated wood, all kinds of wood. I'm burning all kinds of stuff. And when it was done, what did I have left? I mean, the pile was high, but when it's done, it's like nothing. Ash. The power of fire transforms Something magnificent, tall, big, buildings. Even steel, when steel gets so hot from a fire, it'll melt. It's amazing what the power of fire can do. It transforms something that was into something different. And that's just like the Holy Spirit. He's like a fire in that way. He's so powerful, he transforms us. That's why the Bible says, your old man is gone, but now I'm transforming you into something new. Like a fire, you're being transformed into something because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, you're being transformed into something that is like God. Fire is so powerful. I don't know about you, but if, if a house is on fire, your house catches on fire, it's, A, it's powerful, you've got to get out. I mean, we've got all these slogans, stop, drop, and roll. Got all these things, make sure you've got a ladder going out the window. Don't forget little kibbles, the dog. Forget all the other stuff that can be replaced. Get your kids, you know, get out. You run to safety, call for help. You got all these things because fire is so powerful. You know, there's a, a, another symbol of, of the Holy Spirit and fire in the scriptures found in 1 Kings. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but uh, it's a prophet named Elijah and there's these other uh, nations or people that are worshiping uh, false gods. They were called Baal. And so, uh, like in today's world, there's a lot of different religions out there. Uh, but in this case, and, and in every case even today, uh, Elisha was saying, hey, we're gonna set up an altar. And in the Old Testament, they did altars. That's where they did their sacrifices. Uh, you set up your altar to your gods, and I'm gonna set up my altar to, to my God. And then we're gonna, we're gonna uh, there was a whole thing. I encourage you to read it. It really is phenomenal what they did. Uh, but at the end of the day, Elijah said, look, I want you to pray and ask God to reveal himself and I'm going to pray to my God and ask him to reveal himself. And whoever reveals himself, and, and he didn't say how, 
But he said, whoever reveals himself, that's the one true God. And so here's what happens in 1 Kings 18, 36 through 39. So they have these altars. They have everything set up. In fact, Elijah's so bold that he set up wood and he set up all these things that he poured water over it <laughs> multiple times just to say, hey, you ever tried to light something that's wet? It doesn't work. So, so that's what he, he, he was so confident of his relationship with God that he doused it with water to prove a point. Now here's what happens. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people, the, the false workers, may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Speaking of our Lord. Fire is powerful. Literally, fire came out of heaven and burnt up this sacrifice. And all the other worship, false worshipers looked and watched as the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit revealed himself. Look, the, the Holy Spirit's always been symbolized in a way of fire. In Acts chapter two, that's how they described it, didn't he? he? came, there was a wind, there was a rushing wind and like fire, not actual fire on their heads, but it was like fire they're trying to describe. Much like this moment, fire came upon, the presence of God came with power and might. So just like a fire, so powerful, the Holy Spirit is powerful. And so powerful, in fact, that you can't predict it. You can't say, Holy Spirit, you're gonna do this. There's an aspect of his nature that is a blessing to us that we just have to receive because it's bigger than us. It's supernatural power. It doesn't even, I mean, you try making fire come from heaven. You can't do it. But this is something God is outside. He created everything, so it's all possible. All things are possible with God. The Holy Spirit is so powerful. This is why Jesus said, it's to your benefit that I go. It's to your benefit that I go to the Father and I ask him to send your spirit and the spirit comes. It's to your benefit that he comes. His presence, his power. In Acts chapter two, this is the first time it ever happened for the disciples. This is the new covenant. This is why Jesus died. He died for our sins. He died, but he also said, my blood will be shed and this will be the blood of the new covenant that the Holy Spirit will come. I'll no longer live in buildings and temples, but now I'm gonna live, this is the temple. And the Holy Spirit is gonna live inside of you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And so this is the very first time that this happens in Acts chapter two, verse one through four. Let's read it. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present, everyone, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. That's how powerful he is. And look, this is about the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Please don't look at what happened 
and try to chase after what happened. Look at the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Look at what Jesus promised. Look at what he said. And open our hearts and open our minds. Look, I'm, I hope we're all at a place where we're saying, God, I'm open to whatever you want to show me, whatever you want to reveal to me. We can't tell God, you do it this way or you do it that way then. It's a dangerous place to be. But we can say, God, you're the Lord. I'm submitting myself to you. Just like the disciples are coming into this one place, just like all of us in one accord. We're opening our hearts and our lives and our eyes. We're, God, we're embracing you. Holy Spirit, we're embracing you. I value that you're the Lord in this relationship I have with you. You know what's really powerful about Kings and Acts? Because they're similar, two different experiences, two different stories, but similar. You need to see how powerful the Holy Spirit is. And both situations, both believer and unbeliever, recognize the presence of God. All the Baal worshipers turned and said, he's the Lord. And Acts, when they, and I love the description, right? I mean, that's pretty powerful. They described it as like a rushing, mighty wind. That's very powerful. There was something like fire of tongues above their heads. They're just describing what they saw. It was like a fire, but it wasn't a real fire, just like Moses. But powerfully, supernaturally, they all began speaking different language. Every person in the room was filled with the Holy Spirit. Every person and they began speaking in different languages. And this was Pentecost. This is when all the Jews would have came to Jerusalem from all over, all the different nations. And they spoke all different languages. These disciples were waiting and embraced the Holy Spirit and began speaking in new languages. They didn't ask for this, guys. They were just faithful to say, God, we're going to listen, we're going to obey, and we're going to receive. And they began speaking in all these languages. And guess what? Everybody saw the presence of God and they were astonished. They were astounded. Read Acts yourself. Read the chapter. It says they were amazed at what they saw. They were saying, aren't these Galileans? How do they speak in my language? Every language that was present was spoken by these disciples. How? Because the power of the Holy Spirit. Because God poured out his abilities and his giftings and his talents on these men and women and they spoke in a new tongue and in a different language. And thousands of people got saved. You know something that hasn't stopped ever since? The relationship with the Holy Spirit is available to every single believer. The presence of God is available to every believer. You can hear God, I can hear God, we can communicate with God. His presence is always a blessing to us. It's always a help, it's always a comfort, it's always a peace, and his power is readily available to every single one of us. And he has every ability to present himself, to show us, to give us whatever we need. Look, it's his ability, not our ability. It's his ability. So it's like a fire in that way. It's so powerful. And I love that it wasn't just the believers that saw it because sometimes that's some of the confusion we see in the church. Well, we're not, you're not holy enough. You don't know enough. You haven't done enough. Whatever it may be, look, we don't need to make this that complex, do we? We have a relationship with God. And we've got to be at a place where God, I'm, I'm opening my life to you. I'm opening my heart. I trust you. 
and we allow God to be God is so powerful. So powerful. Finally, he's like a fire and presence and power. And the last thing is in purity. And purity. You know, that's one thing fire does, doesn't it? If you've ever studied the scriptures, there's a lot of scriptures about this, that fire is used to heat up metals, gold, silver. And when you heat up those, that, those metals, what happens? All the dross or all the, uh, all the unpure things come to the top, and then you sift those off. Well, like a fire, that's the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus described it in John 16. He said, look, the Holy Spirit will bring conviction, he'll bring judgment, and he'll bring righteousness not just to the believer, but to the whole world. He's going to be like a fire. He's the one that brings conviction and purity and righteousness and judgment. Look, and, and he's perfect in doing so, just as Jesus is. They're all perfect. Their judgments are always right. They're pure as lamb's wool. They're pure in every way. And so, like a fire, the Holy Spirit brings purity. And Jesus said this as well, right? The Holy Spirit's gonna guide you into all truth. Truth is what we need, isn't it? When we struggle, we're not choosing truth. When we're going away from God, it's because we're choosing, we're compromising, and we're not choosing, but the Holy Spirit will bring you to truth. He'll bring you to purity. He'll bring you to understanding. He'll bring you to, to, to wholeness, to wellness, to healing, whatever it is. It's the Holy Spirit that does this work. It's that relationship you have with him. He's, he's guiding you to truth. He's bringing you the olive branch of peace. He's bringing you clarity. He's bringing you direction. He's bringing you his presence. He's bringing you power. That's the relationship we have. Not just when we're getting it right. Not when just things feel good or my emotions say everything's right and aligned. I can, I can hear God. No. Every moment of every day of every second the Bible says he's interceding for you. He's praying for you. He's thinking about you. Purity is interesting. Acts, uh, Isaiah chapter six, verse six and seven, listen to this. The one of the, Sepharim, or the angels flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he'd taken with tongs from the altar. So the altars where they would burn, they'd have coal in there. Just say, if you took that out, very hot, isn't it? Very, like red coal that's is like orange. And he took it and he touched my mouth with it and he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. Look, this was a symbol of what Christ came to do. And this is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. is to keep revealing himself to you, to keep guiding you to truth, to keep showing you Purity. Keep showing you the ways of God, the righteousness of God. That's what he does best. That's why he's here. That's why it's to your benefit and my benefit is we have the truth inside of us, speaking to us, helping us, guiding us, leading us, standing there with the tongs of hot coal, saying, hey, I'm bringing you the goodness of God into your life. I'm here to help you. In Acts chapter two, another thing, we won't have time to go into this today, but one of the uh, purifying aspects of the Holy Spirit is in language. Now, they spoke, they spoke different languages on earth, like earthly languages. But I need you to know one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is tongues. And maybe you're confused about, but just think about this. Tongues is a beautiful, pure language. 
There's no foulness in it. There's no cursing in tongues. I don't know what we'll speak in heaven, do you? We're gonna speak English? I hope not. We're gonna speak Spanish, French, whatever language you can think of. I don't think we're gonna speak in those, why? Because there's deceitfulness in every language. There's filth in every language. You ever think about this? What language did Adam and Eve speak before they sinned? When they were meeting with God in the cool of the day at night, you ever wonder, there was no sin. What language did they speak? In the Old Testament it says, when the Spirit comes, He'll come to redeem your language. How about that? What a beautiful gift tongues is. It's one of the gifts. It's, it's a language that's there to edify and encourage. It's there, you look, you're speaking. Maybe you can interpret, maybe you can't, but regardless, when you submit yourself to speak, it's a pure language, it's beautiful. It's there to encourage and exhort you, the believer. Again, one of the aspects, one of the attributes, one of the beautiful things about your relationship with the Holy Spirit is He's pure. He's not leading you into things to cause trouble. He's not leading you into things to hurt you or deceive you. He's leading you into things, into truth, into beauty, into perfection, into wholeness, into purity. And language is one of them. Finally, Jesus said this about purity. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. He'll bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. The Holy Spirit's gonna help you. He's gonna, be he's gonna bring remembrance of things. Good things, by the way. Things that Christ came to give you, to free you from, to save you from. You know the reason why we have both Old Testament and New Testament, by the way, Holy Spirit wasn't born like Jesus wasn't born. He's always been just like the Father, Son, they're eternal. But the reason why we have the Bible and the reason why the Bible says it's God-breathed is because the Holy Spirit's the one that reminded the disciples to write it. The Holy Spirit's the one that led the scribes to pen the Old Testament, the New Testament. This is God-breathed. This is from God to us. It's peace. It's truth. It's goodness. Think about that. The Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Look, don't bypass that verse. The fruits of the Holy Spirit are gentleness, goodness, kindness, self-control, joy. These things are, this is who God is that's in you. Look, look, let's not squander Him. Let's choose Him. Let's receive Him. Let's make a, let's make a stance anytime. You're in this room or you're outside this room to say, Holy Spirit, I need some help today. You're the helper. You're the comforter. You're the one that's bringing peace. It's you that's leading me to truth. It's you. And I choose you today. John 16, 13, we'll end with this verse. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he'll tell you things to come. I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit is in authority just like we are. He only speaks on when it's been given to Him from the Father and the Son. What if that was our life? What if we would only speak as the Holy Spirit gave us utterance? What if we would only speak through His fruits? What if we'd only speak through His guidance and His direction and His love? That's the relationship you have with Him. It's not complex. 
presence right there. Listen, this morning we're going to close in worship, but look, if you need the Holy Spirit to speak to you today, maybe you're here today and it's chaotic and it's crazy and it's a mess and you need peace. Maybe you're here today and you're exhausted and you're tired you need rest. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're broken and you're weary and you need healing. This is who He is. If you're here today and you need purity, maybe you know the language you use, the way you treat people, the things that you watch and do, you need Him to lead you to truth. Look, don't. We're not here to condemn. We're just here to say, God, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. I need some help. I'm thankful he's the helper. He's there to help you. Condemnation is not from Christ Jesus. But we need to choose him. Make a choice today. And it doesn't matter where you're at today. Look, if that's you, if you need peace, if you need comfort, maybe you need joy, maybe you're just depressed. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He wants to help you today. Would you stand on your feet? If any of those things apply, I'm not here to point them out, but just in submission and in recognition and in receiving the Holy Spirit to say, yes, that's me. I need Him right now. I need Him today. Would you stand? I want to pray with you. I need some help. I need some peace. Thank you. I need some joy. I need some healing. Holy Spirit, I need you today. I need some help. I need some direction. Look, whatever it is, just respond to Him. Just respond. all close our eyes and pray for just a second and then look if you still want to stand it's okay stand look you're this isn't for me it's not not necessarily it is for you but you're you're just acknowledging the holy spirit in your life you're acknowledging that he's the lord lord i just pray for every person responding to you right now god meet whatever need they they have today lord i don't know what they are but you do if they need rest give them rest if they need peace give them peace if they need direction give them direction Lord, if they need truth and purity, then bring that into their lives, Lord. Show them. Bring that to them. Lord, if they need to hear your voice, speak resoundly to them. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here right now. Your presence is known. Your power is known. The relationship with you is is available to each one of us. We acknowledge you, we exalt you, and we worship you in the mighty name of Jesus our Lord, everyone said, amen. Let's worship today. Right there, let's everyone stand. If you need something from God, just talk to Him. Talk to Him. Look, it's like a bush that's burning. He's here. His presence is here. He's here to talk to you. You can talk to Him. Let's worship together, and we'll dismiss you here shortly.